Hey y'all, welcome back. We're going to continue on through Numbers with chapter 14. And when we left off, the Israelites had a big, huge wave of fear that was spreading through the camp. So we'll see what they do with that here in verse 1. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? So they are already declaring their loss. They're forgetting about the word in the promises of God. And they've seen God's mighty and powerful hand, but yet they're just complaining and they're utterly hopeless. And they want to go back. Instead of moving forward with God, they're begging to go back to their slavery. In verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh. And they tore their clothing. So they're in despair. They're mourning. The Israelites are sinning. They're doubting the power of God. And they're doubting the word of God. And they want to go back to their old ways. And they're they're turning their backs on God. And it has brought a wave of um, mourning upon the leadership. In verse 7, they said to all the people of Israel, The land we have traveled through and explored is wonderful land, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them." So here we see Caleb and Joshua, and they have pure faith. They stand on faith in God's word and God's promise, and they declare God's mightiness and God's power. In verse 10, But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all of Israel, all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? So God is crying out in despair and frustration that they're not remembering God, who he is, and his promises. In verse 12, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. But Moses objected. What will the Egyptians think when they hear about it? He asked the Lord, knowing full well the power you displayed in rescuing your people from Egypt. Now if you destroy them, the Egyptians will send a report to the inhabitants of this land who have already heard that you live among your people. They know, Lord, that you have appeared to your people face to face and that your pillar of cloud hovers over them. They know that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if you slaughter all these people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will say, The Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he swore to give to them, so he killed them in the wilderness. 
So Moses prays, he intercedes yet again for the Israelites, and he understands God's wrath and judgment, but he also knows that there's much more to God and his character, and he knows that God is slow to anger and loving and forgiving, and God knows what he's going to do. God knows his will, but he waits for Moses to pray it, to intercede, and to speak it to God in his nature and knowing God and who he is and who his characters is, it should always guide our prayers. In verse 17, please, Lord, prove that your power is as great as you have claimed. For you said, the Lord is slow to anger and filled with unfailing love, forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. But he does not excuse the guilty. He lays the sins of the parents upon their children, and the entire family is affected by sin even the children in the third and fourth generation. Sin affects families and sin spreads. So it's important to remain in the holiness and forgiveness of God. In verse 19, In keeping with your magnificent, unfailing love, please pardon the sins of the people, just as you have forgiven them ever since they left Egypt. Then the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me, refusing to listen to my voice. They will never see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with this contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Now turn around and don't go onward toward the land where the Amalekites and Canaanites live. Tomorrow you must set out for the wilderness in a different direction to the direction of the Red Sea. So God is angered and the judgment of God comes forth as well as the mercy His will is going to come forth and he is going to give them the promised land. But this generation of people that refuse to obey God and trust God and have faith in God, they won't get to see the land. Their children will, but they will not. And they, they, Caleb and Joshua stand firm and they are going to get into the land and see the blessings. Joshua and Caleb would be the only two that Moses would lead of all the others who would actually step foot into the promised land because they trusted God and stood in faith before God. And they're now going to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years with until everyone in that generation is dead because they're not going to get to, to see the promised land because of their disobedience. In verse 26, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do, you the, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years or older and was included in this registration will die. So those who were counted at the beginning, they're going to get what they ask for, and they're going to wander in that wilderness for those 40 years. And they're never going to get the promised land, just like they self-prophesied. In verse 30, 
You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, son of Jephunim, and Joshua, son of Nun. You said your children would be carried off as plunder? Well, I will bring them to safety into the land, and they will enjoy what you have despised. But as for you, you will drop dead in this wilderness, and your children will be like shepherds, wandering in the wilderness for forty years. In this way, they will pay for your faithlessness." until the last of you lies dead in the wilderness. Because your men explored the land for forty days, you must wander in the wilderness for forty years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins. Then you will discover what it's like to have me for an enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will certainly do these things to every member of the community who has conspired against me. They will be destroyed here in this wilderness, and here they will die. So all from this generation will not, no one from this generation, not a single one, will enter the promised land. And every single generation has an opportunity, a chance, and and, and a, a gift to choose obedience to God, and they have a chance at faith. Every generation has a fresh new chance at faith, and it's up to them to choose it. In verse 36, the 10 men Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of the 12 who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. When Moses reported the Lord's words to all the Israelites, the people were filled with grief. Then they got up early the next morning and went to the top of the range of hills. Let's go, they said. We realize that we have sinned, but now we are ready to enter the land that the Lord has promised us. So they're like, okay, we weren't ready before. We sinned against God. We said he couldn't do a thing. We didn't have trust in him. We didn't have faith in him. But now we feel bad. So let's let's go ahead and go now. And y'all, remorse and regret is not the same as repentance. They have not apologized or repented or humbled themselves before God. There's no heart change. They're just saying, okay, now we realize we screwed up, so let's go now. In verse 41, but Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go up to the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. When you face the Amicalites and the Canaanites in battle, you will be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. But if the people defiantly pushed ahead, but the people, they defiantly pushed ahead toward the hill country, even though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in those hills came down and attacked them and chased them back as far as Hormah. So it's very important to not lose faith to trust God and trust the gospel. And we can trust and rest in God. And we can know that he is with us. He is leading us. He is guiding us. And he is mighty and powerful. And he has an amazing plan for our lives. We can sit and rest in that and have the faith to trust God. So that is how they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. It was due to their sin and doubt in God and their disobedience to his word and their lack of faith in his promise. So we'll see what happens next as we continue on this journey through the wilderness. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.